listening to the all-new Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hello and good evening. I, lo- I love the song. I really do. Elliot, thank you for choosing this. You're welcome. A li- I, like, I love it because I love it and hate it. <laughs> A little classic Beach Boys. Because wouldn't we all love to be somewhere nice and warm? A place like Kokomo, perhaps. That's exactly why I played it. Well, then I, I totally get your vibe, Elliot. We're finally meshing. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm uh, Pei Chen, and here until 9 p.m. every Sunday evening, the show is live. You can always interact with me. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me a text at 71010. You can also call in during the show at 416-872-1010 or star 8255 on your cell phone. Uh, last night, you know, the holiday parties have started. Last night, I was at someone's uh, sort of birthday slash holiday party. And um, there were a few things that I loved about it. One which was a bit out of my comfort zone was that it was in like a, a club, like a nightclub. And it was a Saturday night and I was out. And at 10 o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock, I was still out, not in bed, as I might typically be on a Saturday night. Um, but one thing I really loved about it was obviously because it was in a large venue, there was a a long guest list. So there were a lot of people there at this birthday slash holiday party. And I love that uh, she asked people to bring a donation for the Daily Bread Food Bank. Because at this time of year, especially when people get very caught up in their own lives and, and the holidays, um, their donations often go down a little bit. But this is also the time of year when a lot of people struggle to make ends meet and have their own little holiday as well. So uh, it was nice to be able to to do that instead of bringing a gift for someone. Uh, second, there was a candy bar. So you see this a lot at weddings and parties. You know, there'll be a long table set up with jars of candy, usually with like little bags so that you can fill it up and eat it wherever at the party or maybe take it home to eat later and I don't know what it is but adults myself included and really I'm just talking about me will get really excited at the sight of a candy bar and it's not really anything particularly fancy it's nothing really expensive it's not like I'm staring at caviar or anything like that Um, it's jars of what I grew up knowing as penny candies but for some reason, and I'm not even a real candy person as an adult, but when I, I see these displays of bright, colorful, chewy candy that I remember from my childhood, I immediately regress to being like this eight-year-old kid standing in a corner store, staring at the counter and just realizing all of the possibilities in front of me and that I could buy 100 candies with a dollar. I don't even know if Look, if penny candies exist anymore. But um, so I saw some of my childhood favorites there. And I would love to know what your favorite candy is from your childhood. So uh, send us a, send me a text, 71010. Or if you've got a story that relates to your favorite candy, you can always give me a call, 416-872-1010 or star 8255 on your cell phone. I threw this out there on social media. I asked people on Facebook and Twitter about their favorite candies. And then what happened is it started jogging everyone's memories. People were like, I loved Mojo's. I I didn't even know what a Mojo was. But then someone cut and paste a photo of a Mojo. It's just like a little wrapped chewy candy. Then all of a sudden everyone's like, I remember Mojo's. I love Mojo's too. Um, So I would love to know what candy you remember spending your hard-earned pennies on. Again, send me a text, 
1010. Now, when I was a kid growing up in Halifax in the 80s, there was a tiny little convenience store in Spryfield, which is the area where I lived. It was all these like row houses. And I've no idea what they sold in the back of this store because I never ventured more than a few feet into the front because that's where the candy counter was. There was this clear glass counter and it had uh, a few shelves, which were obviously at the height of a child's eye line. So you would walk in and you would see all these little boxes open of um, like Sour Patch Kids, Swedish Berries, cola bottles, those little like green spearmint leaves that I didn't really like mint as a kid. Um, And it was called Roses. So it was this little convenience store. And I remember seeing all the other candies too, not the penny ones, but like the Big League Chew. Do you remember this? Um, Nerds. That was very popular because you kind of got two flavors in one. Um, I'm trying to like, you know, maybe bring back some memories for you. How I really liked Fun Dip, also Lickamade. Um, I never liked to share that though because my brother, I, had a young, I have a younger brother, he's two years younger than me, and he was always the kind that like slobbered a lot. So he'd always want to like lick his Fun Dip candy stick and then, no, you're not supposed to share Fun Dip. It's gross. Um, so... When I was a kid, how I earned money was if I got good grades, my uncle would give me a dollar. So I would hoard my money. And if I, he would also take a Rubik's Cube. And this is me at the age of like seven, eight, nine, ten. And to keep me quiet in the car, he would like um, mess up the Rubik's Cube. And then he would give it to me and bribe me with a dollar. If I could solve the Rubik's Cube, I got a dollar. So I was <laughs> very motivated by money. For no other reason did I want to fix that Rubik's Cube. So I would take my hard-earned money and I would go down to Rose's and I would buy myself candies. Sometimes I think just for my mother to get me out of her hair, she would give me a dollar. And she would say, you can go to Rose's, which was a few blocks away. And I, you know, whatever, short legs, didn't walk very fast. Um, but the the thing was I had to also buy an equal amount of treats for my brother. So I basically got to spend 50 cents on myself and 50 cents on my brother. Back in the day, this is early 80s, a bag of chips was 40 cents. I remember this very well because I could buy for $1, two bags of chips, that's 80 cents. Then I had 20 cents left over to buy myself 10 penny candies and 10 candies for my brother. Sometimes I would stand at this counter and I feel for, now I feel really bad for the people who worked at Rose's little uh, convenience store. I would stand there sometimes and individually count out 100 different penny candies. I'd say, I want 10 of the Sour Patch Kids. I want five of the berries, mm, two hot lips. Um, and I would stand there and I would wait. And I, each one would be one cent. Um, I'm getting some people writing in. Oh, um, Gobstoppers. Ellie, did you have a favorite candy growing up? Uh, shamefully, I was not super into the candy. Really? As much as other children. I'm kind of lame. It's unfortunate. Wish you hadn't shared that. Um, <laughs> thanks. Ellie. I ruined the, the whole vibe. 
Gobstoppers, do you remember eating those? I guess, well, maybe you didn't, Elliot, because you weren't into candy. But they changed color and all those layers. So every, like, 30 seconds. This is so disgusting as a kid. You'd spit the, the Gobstopper out into your dirty little hands to see the color that it changed to. Like, oh, it's blue now. And yes. they put it back in your mouth and you'd suck on it for, like, a minute and you'd spit it back out. And it's like, now it's pink. It's really very unsanitary. No, but, it's true. And kids are known for that stuff. But also deliciously fun. Uh, someone else wrote in and said wax lips were their favorite. But you couldn't eat that. They were fun to play with. Not very delicious. How about, uh, oh, Macintosh toffee. In theory, wonderful, but I don't know any child who actually ate that toffee because it would you would break your teeth on it. I did get into Werther's Originals by the time I was in grade nine. You're much younger than me. Werther's oh. Originals I don't think existed when I was a kid. No, but the, the ads imply that they are timeless. They, the ads imply that they've been around since 1800. You're right. That a mustached <laughs> man in the 1920s first... Uh, sold them. Yes, you're right. Uh, someone on Facebook said that they loved wigwags. Do you know what that is? I'd never I've heard never, of that before. I've never heard of that. Apparently, it's caramel that's like kind of braided and coated in chocolate. So okay. I feel quite deprived that I grew up never knowing a wigwag. Sounds pretty good. It I, does sound good. I like fuzzy peaches. Sorry, I just realized. Fuzzy peaches, now that I think mm. about it, I find are excellent. Do you remember those uh, wax sticks? Uh, these were five cents. I remember this. Hmm. And you bit off the wax end and it was filled with, it wasn't juice, but you thought it was juice. It was like sugary water inside. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I remember this. Anyway, there's. I wish there was a candy store nearby because now I've got this little craving. But just a little trip down memory lane. And uh, also I'm remembering now how much I could buy for a dollar. Yeah, that's right. Because penny. Not much. There's a hundred pennies in a dollar. You... <laughs> You were very good at math, Elliot. I'm not bad. <laughs> You're not bad. Um, also, another thing I want to, uh, to mention is uh, the Christmas market down at the distillery district. I'm not sure if you've ever been down there, but uh, this is their fifth year, and it's free. So this is the reason I'm mentioning it is that it's a free market, and uh, it runs until December 21st. The only day that it's, uh, it's sort of closed during the week is Monday, so don't go tomorrow. But you can plan for it the rest of the week. It's absolutely beautiful. It's based on the sort of German Christmas market. So there's all these, you know, fun foods to have, drinks, also alcoholic drinks for the adults. Santa's there, the elves. On Tuesdays, you can bring your pet down and have your pet's photo taken with Santa. Um, and they've got all these vendors selling a lot of, like, crafts and holiday items. So it's a, it's a fun vibe. It's really nice. So you should, um, if you get a chance to and you're looking for something to do, with the family or the kids, check out the Distillery District's Toronto Christmas Market. But if you go on a weekend, do know that it is very crowded and and people are all collecting there. Um, coming up on the show tonight, I've got interior decorator and stylist Paul Semkuli, who's got some tips on pulling off the best holiday gathering if you happen to be having people over for something casual or maybe a more formal uh, get-together. And... Um, the other thing, I was in Barbados for the Food and Wine and Rum Festival two weeks ago. I'm going to talk to someone about uh, sort of what makes Barbados a little bit unique and some of the different foods that I did not know existed. Sauce, do you know what that is? Conquise, flying fish and cuckoo. It was like a whole new language for me. So we'll find out a bit more about that later on in the show. Paychen is Talking Toronto on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. I don't know why that makes me laugh. I'm talking Toronto. Talking Toronto. That's what's happening. I didn't write them. <laughs> I know. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here until 9 p.m. every Sunday. Uh, Paychen.com is a website if you want to catch up on previous shows. You can always download the podcast there, which is free, or you can find it in the iTunes store as well. Uh, you know, this is really what's going to happen is we're going to end up talking about the holidays. 
uh, up until the holidays, pretty much. Because once it hits December, I feel like you can't complain about decorations being up and Christmas music being on the radio because this tis the season and now it's coming very quickly, actually. So if you're planning to have people over this holiday season, you want to be remembered as the best host or hostess. You do not want to be remembered as the person who threw that terrible party where there, you know, wasn't enough ice or there are only a few bowls of chips to eat. Um, the party where when you send out the invites next year, everybody RSVP, sorry, can't make it. You want to be memorable in a good way. So on the phone, I have a man who's uh, been there, done that, seen it all, helps people out, interior decorator and stylist, Paul Simcooley of Resource Lifestyles. Good evening, Paul. Good evening. How are you? I'm uh, Well, I'm looking forward to your tips because I do enjoy um, going to people's parties. And sometimes I think like... People forget some of the basics because they put so much focus on things like making sure the tree looks really, really beautiful, but then they forget simple things like napkins. Like, you have to think of everything, right? Absolutely. You know, napkins and the simple things really can make the difference to your party. Yeah. So, okay, so let's start with one thing. Um, How to avoid sort of the kitchen party, and that's when everyone kind of gathers in the kitchen. Now, I'm from the East Coast, and we're known for down-home kitchen parties. I like that, but sometimes when you have a larger gathering, you want people to spread out a little bit. Oh, totally. You want them to get out of the kitchen. And some of the best ways of really doing this is setting up some food stations outside of your kitchen and really keeping the people and your friends away from the kitchen so that nobody clusters. I I know it's a really comfort zone, but the action is really happening elsewhere, and that's where you want them to be. So, uh, because a lot of people automatically just put food sort of in the kitchen on the counter by the fridge because that's where it came out of. Yeah, I like to set up a couple stations and not even on the dining room table. I mean, your dining room table is a dining room table. Mm-hmm. And sometimes some people really want to be able to sit down and enjoy the cuisine that you've prepared. And if you're able to set up some stations, whether it's on a sideboard or a small table, and create them and place them in different parts of the room, it keeps everybody moving around so that they're not going to the same place all the time. I think it's also nice because it gets people to mingle a little bit, right? Because I will always stand near the cheese tray. Wherever the cheese tray is, I am there. I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) But if you you put another cheese tray on the other side of the room, I might move over there just to see if there's some brie. Well, and that's where, you know, you have to, you know, change things up a little bit. Even having a bar, take the bar outside of the kitchen or hire a bartender so that you have somebody that is really doing the work for you. And that Mm. gives you the opportunity to really entertain and be with your friends and guests. Um, I... I think this is important, too, is if you're if you're having sort of a, a cocktail party or something very casual, something that's not a sit-down dinner, is to serve food that you can easily eat with your hands. You know, you just took the words out of my mouth. Better words than food. <laughs> um, you know, serving something that 
can be manageable on small plates. It's, it's finger food, but make it a little bit more gourmet and delectable. And, you know, the plates that you serve it on, they could be rented white plates that you can get from a, um, a caterer, but sometimes you can find some really amazing Christmas plates out there and buy 24 of them. You never want to run out of the plates, but if you have something that has a beautiful Christmas theme and they don't have to be Santa Claus, but they could be, you know, snowflakes, or just something really pretty, I think those bits add to your party. Right. And and because you, you don't want to be carrying a plate, carrying a glass, and then having to use a knife and fork for something. No, doesn't go a long ways. No. So let's also talk about uh, creating some flow in your home, which is sort of tied to what we were just talking about. Absolutely. The What I love to do in my home when I entertain is I actually like to clear away some of my furniture. Some of it can be a little bit um, haphazard that when you have a large group of people, you don't want everybody sitting against the wall or sitting on every piece of furniture. You actually want people to mingle. And if you remove some of those pieces, it actually forces people to gather rather than sit. And I think that's probably the most important thing to have a successful party. Oftentimes, people think they need more seating. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of times we, as designers, we, mm. we install ottomans as coffee tables, and then we'll use a tray to place on top. Oh. But at that point, then that's when I actually want to remove the tray so that ottoman actually becomes additional seating, and it actually can move to a space where you actually need it. So you're really not investing in any more furniture in order to, you know, give some comfort to your friends and guests that are coming to your party, but it still works in your environment. Right. Okay, and let's talk about uh, some decor tips that are sort of on the cheap. We don't want to spend a lot of money, but we want to make our home look festive. One of my favorite things to do is, you know, either taking a candle or a hurricane with a candle inside and taking a wreath, just a plain wreath of of balsam fir, you get the smell and you get the essence of Christmas, and place the candle in that, whether it's on your dining room table or on the side table. It adds just a real simple means of Christmas without putting a Christmas tree up. Oh, okay, that's a good point. Okay, so just you're bringing in a little green into it. A little bit of green. I, you know, I think the, the whole main point about Christmas is everybody wants to smell that fir tree. Mm -hmm. And it, it's so important to the, the culture of what Christmas is. You can take it to another step further and have boughs on a mantle if you have it. Or, you know, just even in a small vase, instead of a floral arrangement, love to take a few boughs, maybe some ornaments, gather them together, put them in a lovely vase, and again, you get a nice essence of a tree. You mm -hmm. get the, yeah, the smell. But it's just a nice, simple way of utilizing those efforts of what Christmas is all about. Right, not spending a lot of money as well. For sure. Okay, so let's talk about some of the things that uh, everyone should have on hand um, and have in their home before inviting people over for the holidays. So I don't even think it's specific to the holidays. I almost think these are a couple of things you should have regardless throughout the year if you like entertaining. So things I like totally having agree. Right, like things you know, like extra platters. Absolutely. Extra platters in various sizes. I like to keep my platters pretty much consistent in a white so that 
all foods look good on it, mm-hmm. but have them in various sizes and shapes. Depending on what you choose to serve, they all lend themselves differently to what you want to evoke. Same goes in the bathroom. You know, you don't want to have your bathroom over or your powder room overly done with Christmas towels and everything. Have really nice appointed uh, hand towels to use. You could even use paper towels just so that they can be discarded and they and they don't really necessarily take away from your beautiful linens. And always have a scented candle, whether it's in the powder room or away from your food stations, just something to continue that ambiance of mm-hmm. Christmas. And um, what I think is also important is um, having something at the door, because everybody walks in with their wet boots. And there have been so many times when I've taken off my wet boots at someone's house for a party and stepped into a giant puddle. Have a large carpet. There are some amazing carpets, even at some of our well-known big box home um, renovation stores. Mm -hmm. They're inexpensive, but lay them out. They absorb the water. They're really neutral. I don't think people are really looking to see, oh, my God, you've got this amazing foyer (laughs) carpet. They're really wanting to come in and be a part of the party. But if you can... Get a couple of them, put them at your front door, extend them a little bit further into your hallway so people don't feel like they have to stay in the confines of a three-by-three square foot area, Mm -hmm. and it gives them that freedom. Another thing that is worth investing is a rolling rack. People love to hang their coats up. There's nothing worse than taking a coat and throwing it on a bed. But or that's where they somewhere. go. <laughs> well, they do. But if you get I know, a it's terrible. rack, whether it's in your bedroom yeah. or maybe it's at the back mudroom, mm-hmm. it, you know, people have, there's a respect to people's clothing. And that clothing rack is actually going to come in handy. We all do some sort of hand laundry throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And we never have a place to hang it. So having a small rolling rack is actually, it's versatile yeah. and you can utilize it the rest of the year. You know what, they're, they're pretty inexpensive too. I had one before because I had a bedroom that didn't have a closet. So I just bought like a, a inexpensive rolling rack and um, you're right, it does it, it does double duty uh, when you're entertaining. Well, thank you so much for your time, Paul, and for these great tips. My pleasure. Merry Christmas. You too. Everybody have a wonderful <laughs> holiday. Have a great holiday. That's Paul Simcooley with uh, Resource Lifestyles. PayChen.com is the website if you want to find out more information or at PayChen on Twitter. Just after the break, do you know what flying fish and cuckoo is? It's the national dish of an island known for more than just sun and beaches, which sounds pretty great right now. I'll tell you more in a few minutes. You listen to the Page Ten Show here on In Depth Radio News Talk 1010. This is the all new Page Ten Show on In Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Well, happy Sunday to you. Uh, I was recently in Barbados for the Food and Wine and Rum Festival, and it was my first time on the island. And uh, I was really impressed, actually, with all of the, the activities and the attractions that draw people from all over the world. A lot of uh, a lot of Canadians sort of call it their second home. Obviously, they go when it's not so nice here, so they're all starting to make this uh, mass exodus down there as uh, winter comes in full force. So uh, there's sun and sand, but there's also golf, surfing, and a lot of uh, cool local food traditions that I discovered, which were totally brand new to me. On the phone, I have Cheryl Carter, who is the Director of Marketing for Barbados Tourism. Hi, Cheryl. Hey, Pay. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. I hear you're actually heading to Barbados soon. 
I am heading there in a couple of days, yes. Well, I'm very jealous, <laughs> and I hope you have a great trip. Um, so let's talk a bit about the island, because it is a small island surrounded by a lot of other islands that are very popular destinations that's for right. Canadians, North Americans, Europeans who want to go somewhere that's beautiful and warm. Um, so what makes Barbados different or stand out from the other islands? I think we have lots of things to celebrate. Um, as you said earlier, it's a very small island. There is the sun and the sand. Um, but we have a, a very high literacy rate. And uh, over the years, I think Canadians have always felt comfortable visiting, making lasting friendships. We have a repeat uh, visitor uh, rate that, mm -hmm. that is in excess of 40%. For us, that is huge. You know, people come year after year. Actually, there's a family in Ottawa that I know, I think they're heading to their 40th consecutive year of wow. holidaying in Barbados. So people have, have made it their home away from home. It's become more than just a vacation spot. Mm -hmm. um, they've built friendships, lasting friendships. They feel safe. Uh, it's safe to drink the water anywhere on the island, as you, as you discovered mm -hmm. for yourself. Our food is quite amazing. Um, you, can, you can eat our street food, which is one of the things that also makes us different. But there's also, I think, a, a level of... Uh, I like to say a level of sophistication. We we are we've played host to a number of world class events. We certainly have quite a few coming up, which I'm sure you you'll want to talk about in a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and therefore, it, it gives you that richness. There is an authenticity. There is the the island flavor, but you still feel as if you were. Um, you know, in a in a in a more metropolitan type of city. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I didn't realize until I was there because I just I knew that I was going to go somewhere warm, mm -hmm. where it would be lush and green, and there was going to be you know warm water to be in. Um, but I didn't realize until I was there because I was staying. Um, on the, I guess, on the eastern side of the island where the water is a little rougher. So I realized how great it is for surfing. I'm not a surfer, but I did see <laughs> a lot of people out there obviously uh, enjoying, you know, the, the water and the waves. And uh, I had um, a nice little island tour with a, a local driver, and he was telling me about, um, I guess, all the outdoor activities that people enjoy when they're in Barbados, I didn't really realize, like, I didn't really think of, oh, you know, going to Barbados as a surfing destination or as a golfing destination, but it's actually quite popular. Well, there are many things about Barbados that are, I don't know, we, we try to promote it, but there's just so much to speak to. Uh, there's, there, you know, you have a choice. You can, you can literally do nothing, but we like to say that uh, we're not really for the, for the fly and flop type of crowd. We like, you know, <laughs> people, people want to get out. They want to go to some of the events. We have a very robust cultural and sports calendar. So I spoke a few minutes ago about events that are coming up. Mm -hmm. We're about to host the inaugural Classical Pops Music Festival. Oh, wow. And we are, that is going to be, that's going to be an amazing activity. Um, we, we're actually bringing, or put together a specific orchestra, um, and they're going to be performing lots of contemporary popular music. We have uh, Jonathan Crow of the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. He's going to be there. Uh, we have members of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. We have a, a jazz side from New Orleans. Um, so the Detroit Symphony Orchestra, the Philadelphia or Orchestra, and we're marrying the classical tones with some of our calypso, 
um, R&B. It's going to be four days of an incredible festival. Uh, I love that there's there's sports activities, there's arts and culture, and then there's the food, which of which was the reason I was there. Cheryl was yes, of course yes. that was the draw for me. So the food, uh, food and wine and rum festival, and now I consider myself mm-hmm. fairly you know, wise and cultured about international cuisine. But then when I got to Barbados, I realized there were all these things that I had just never heard of before. Like what? Tell me, tell okay. me about a few of them. All right. So, and so I love discovering them. So like mm-hmm. flying fish and cuckoo. I was like, it's the national dish. Is that correct? Or That's right. That's okay. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the cuckoo is actually, for those who are not aware, it's, it's similar to the Italian polenta. Yeah. But it's but it actually also, um, it's also um, contains the okra, which makes mm. it a lot smoother in texture. And another thing I learned, and this for me as someone who loves food, I want mm-hmm. adventures. Like I want to try something different. Um, okay. And I, I love that I was able to do that. So, sauce. Oh, goodness, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, sauce is, a, sauce is a local delicacy. It's usually made with the, um, I don't want to say the entrails, but it's, it's not, not the prime cuts of meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the, the secret to a good sauce is, is obviously in the pickle. Right. And the pickle is lots of onion and cucumber and pepper and lime juice and some salt. Um, and that's really, that's really the trick to a good sauce. And it's, uh, I guess it can be made from any kind of meat, but pork is quite popular. And I hear it's like you, chicken. Traditionally pork, but yep. people do pickle, um, they do pickle chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, they use other types of poultry as well. You know, vet, people who are not into red meat, they'll do turkey and so on. Some of the girls in the office here do that occasionally they're not into red meat or right. pork yeah okay and conkeys and i was because when i was there in um it, it was near uh independence day so i hear that that's, that's right. sort of a traditional uh item to have around independence it is and again it's it's a it's uh there's always this ongoing argument is a conkey um is it a meal or is it a dessert oh. and the thing is it's very close to to what is known in other parts of the caribbean as a pastel Mm-hmm. So it's a sweet, it's, it, it's, some, it's sweet, yet it's still slightly savory. And some people prefer them with raisins in them. Mm-hmm. And then there are those who, would, who prefer not to have the raisins. So the conkey is, is really, it is that dish, it is that uh, treat that we expect around independence. Um, and they're steamed and they're wrapped in banana leaves and steamed. And that's how it takes its shape. And again, some like to like to have them warm. Mm-hmm. Others prefer them straight out of the refrigerator. And I think, and I'm sure it can vary um, depending on the recipe. But I think the the basis of conkeys is corn flour, um, like some pumpkin, coconut, sweet potato. So I can see how some might think of it as a sweet dish because it has yeah. some things in there that are um, quite naturally sweet. And yeah, then you've done your research. I, well, I, I needed to know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as you said, wrapped and steamed in a in a banana leaf. Yeah. Um, and then what I so I learned my lesson as a silly tourist when I was there because um, I was at a restaurant and I was told that the fish of the day was dolphin. Okay, and okay. I know where this. You is know going. where this is going. So I'm, <laughs> I want to let our listeners know so that if they ever travel to Barbados, they can they can be in the know. So she said the catch of the day is dolphin. I said, oh well, and then I ordered something else on the menu, and then I went uh, was eating later in the evening, and um, some and the waitress said, well, and our special of the day is uh, blackened dolphin. I said, oh, well, um, I'll have, and I ordered something else. 
And then this is what happened is we were at the Oyston's Fish Market. Okay, so we did a little tour, and this is a very popular area for people. Yeah, so it's a very popular area for people to go, and uh, especially on the weekends, um, and have like a classic fish fry. So we were there, and there were some fishmongers there. They were cleaning fish, and he had these fish that were about two and a half feet long. And um, and I was taking a photo, and I said, "What kind of fish is this?" And he said, "It's dolphin." And I said, "No, this is not dolphin." I know what a dolphin looks like. And he said, oh, no, 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 it's dolphin fish. It's mahi-mahi. And suddenly I understood, Cheryl. (laughs) Yep, yep. You know, I started in the industry a long time ago, and I always remember I'd say, we're going to have dolphin, not flipper dolphin. We're having mahi-mahi or dorado. You always have to make it really clear. Right. And and suddenly I knew, and then I ate dolphin fish the rest of my trip. It is very good, though, isn't it's it? It's very tasty. Um, yeah, so, you know, yeah. it was a lovely place, really friendly people, um, beautiful island, and I will definitely be back. Thank you so much for your time, Cheryl. We really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. Okay. Have, Have a great night. Here. Have a safe trip. Thank you. Take care. See you soon. That's Cheryl Carter with uh, Barbados Tourism. So now you know if you ever go there and someone offers you dolphin that it's mahi-mahi, and you can be very in the know, unlike myself. After the break, Vinny will join me. Uh, feel free to interact with me during the show. You can always send me a text at 710. 710- 1010. Uh, would love to chat about office Christmas parties as well. If you've got a story to share, let me know. You're listening to the Pay Chen Show here on In Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Pay Chen is talking Toronto on In Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me this evening. Um, Vinny White has just joined me in studio. Always a pleasure. Well, actually, no, not always. Sometimes. Is your mic on? Nope. Is it? Yep. Nope. All right, we're going to play musical chairs and let Vinny go to um, another seat. With How another. about this one? There we go. Ah, that one's working. Other we're ones didn't now. work at all, did it? Hey, you know what? Before the break, I was asking people about office uh, Christmas parties. Because I've been freelancing now for three years, which means I don't have a holiday party unless I'm just at home by myself. Oh, oh it's got a little sad. But I don't Text have to get dressed up. Text your sympathy to seven ten ten. Text. Do you have a good Do you have a no? Don't text that. Uh, <laughs> you have a, if you have a good uh, holiday Chris holiday office story. Share it with us, 71010, or give us a call, 416-872-1010, or start 8255 on your cell phone. It seems, I don't know if it's one of those cliches that, you know, all hell breaks loose at the office Christmas party because people drink too much and whatever. I feel like that's what, like, every sitcom does an episode about. But in real life, I don't know that, I, other than people getting stupidly drunk on an open bar. Yeah. I don't really know that I've witnessed anything so horrific at a holiday party. Maybe you were the one that was being was horrific. Probably that's right, and that's why I don't remember any of them. Mm. Uh, do you have any stories to share? The one that springs to mind is about 15 years old now. I was working in England as a graphic designer for a publications department, and this was about two months before Christmas, but bear with it. And one of the girls emailed one of the other girls and said, because Sue's an idiot, or she said something a little bit more offensive than that, Sue was the boss, and they were talking about her behind her back. But the problem is she emailed Sue. So Sue got a message saying, because Sue's an idiot, <laughs> and said, why did you send that? 
and Hannah, the girl that sent it, did the worst thing you could do and said, I didn't. Well, she did send it. Long story short, the daughter of that woman worked in the building as well. And she heard about it and had an enormous problem with this girl. Uh, they already didn't like each other. And um, she knew that her mother had been upset. So she must have harboured this for two months. And then at the Christmas party, she got drunk. And I remember someone said to me, oh, have you seen Michelle? She's really drunk. You don't want to get her near Hannah. She hates Hannah. And I remember thinking, well, yeah, well no one's actually going to do anything. Hannah walked in and uh, Michelle punched her square in the face and Are knocked her out. Are you serious? Knocked her out cold. Oh, my God. And what Michelle didn't know is, just to add extra weight to this, Hannah was pregnant. <gasps> she knocked out a pregnant woman. <laughs> She probably felt bad about it then. I think she probably felt bad about it the next day when she got fired as well. <laughs> oh my god, mm. that's good. That's like a, that is like an American sitcom episode. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is. It is very nice. You know, when I worked, I worked at Omni TV for many years, which is the multicultural station here in Toronto, and um, we would have our Christmas party often in February or March. Mm. One year, April. Mm. So it was. I don't know if that was. Is it because you were busy at Christmas? Or is it just a very tight... Well, I worked at other TV stations where we had company. holiday parties near the holidays. So why, why April? You know, I think maybe one of the reasons was perhaps budget. It's probably easier to book a place mm, um, tight. in the spring mm. or end of winter. Uh, and maybe because we were a multicultural station that it didn't they didn't really call it a Christmas party. So maybe that was being more sensitive to people. Wow, that's I, that's taking sensitivity to a whole new area. <laughs> Let's like, not even do it at the holiday is, time. It's just me, like... <laughs> Guessing, because but the thing was, everybody would still dress up in like holiday like gear, like sparkly dress. People get really dressed up, and it might be like March seventeenth. We are having our. I don't think it was March seventeenth. No, it wasn't. As soon as I said that, that was Patrick's Day. Day. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also a cheap place, cheap time to rent out an entire hall. At your Christmas party, everyone was wearing green and drinking Guinness. (laughs) Everyone was dressed up as a leprechaun during our Christmas party. It was very very strange, but we embraced everyone. Um, I found this list online it was uh, printed on nameberry.com it's talking about the top baby name trends for 2015 hit me baby okay so can neither I guess one of one? us yes uh, how many have you got at the top five is it no it, it was trends so it, it kind of groups them together oh i see okay right. is, is britney on it still probably not no yeah. so the trends in names for the new year if you happen to be expecting or you are hoping to have a baby in the future. Mm. Maybe you want to think about this. So defining names. That is a trend. Names that define the child. Something that creates a clear and powerful identity. So names that uh, I guess celebrities have used include Mm. Titan, (sighs) Royal. So the the prediction is that names like Saint, Noble uh, might be popular because right. they're like they're very powerful sounding names um also names inspired by nature river sage, sage. which is also a herb yeah so it could go either way um name endings i didn't even think of this as a trend but uh a trendy ending for a girl's name is bella and et for boys so ett for example for girls Ianette. no that's yep, probably not that's one. right mm. tomette no for girls mm. isabella arabella Mirabella, Rosabella. So names it ending in Ella. For boys in the et, examples. I like these actually. Emmett, Beckett, Everett, Bennett. I like them. I do. You, you, you're not reacting. Okay. I, I, the thing is because I just have such a terrible view of the world that I can't even begin to get excited about names. Isn't it awful? 
I don't. I honestly don't think I. If I had a kid, I'd just use a roulette wheel, just say whatever it lands on. Really? Steve. Yeah, Steve. Whatever. Um. Also, boy, this is going to be a trend. Boys will be reclaiming names that are more often used for girls and making them more unisex. So names. Jordan. Yes. Mm. Jordan. Um. Alexis. Deborah. <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> But like C A R E Y for a boy. Is Tracy one Courtney, of those? Tracy is one of those. Yeah. Jamie, Jody, um, Kelly, mm. Robin, Tatum. Tatum. Uh, how, yeah. are you sp- how are you spelling that? T A T U M. Tatum. That's yeah, I could see name. that being a boy or a girl's name. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about this one. Alicia. I don't know about for naming a, fella. a boy Alicia. Oh, he'll turn out to be very hardy. <laughs> there was a guy I can't remember where he's from. I think he was British. Um, and his name was Shirley Crabtree, and his oh. parents' deli- his, his wrestling name was um, Giant Haystacks. And Shirley Crabtree, or Giant Haystacks, was deliberately named something girly so that he turned out to be quite a tough guy. And it worked because really? he turned out to be a big wrestler, yeah. Like his, his parents thought, let's give him a girly name because he'll be bullied and that will toughen him up. Yeah, John Wayne's real name was Marilyn. I didn't know that. Yeah, and he turned out to be a pretty tough guy. So if you're thinking about naming your boy, give it a very girly name and it'll be tough. Samantha. Samantha, (laughs) brilliant. This is my son, Samantha. Or if you really like this show, why not pay? Yeah, why no, I, not? When I say that, I don't mean you should contribute money. I'm saying that you should... <laughs> no, wait, but you should contribute money. We work in radio. If you really like this show, send me a dollar so I can buy 100 penny candies if I go back to the 80s. That was talking about that earlier. Uh, also, the names with the letter X in them, Felix, Fox, Hendrix. <laughs> Did you just spit? Yes, Fox. That Fox? was so ridiculous. Yes, Beatrix. What does the Fox say is going to be the anthem for them for yep. the rest of their life? But So names with X. Yeah. Uh, Axel, Baxter, Dexter, Maxine, those names. Mm. Um, And I think we could take a cue from the Europeans. Apparently, the trend in Europe is uh, very classic, short, simple names. Bob. Pretty much. Tom, Max, Jack, Ben, Eva, Ida, Tess. Simple. Three or four letters. I can relate to this. Mm. That's right, Chen. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> don't a lot of people call you Chen and they get the pay and the Chen mixed up no they don't get them mixed up they usually put them together oh, they a call lot you... of people call me Pei Chen oh, they, and they all ca- the time yeah and they call you Pen <laughs> you call me Pen I accidentally called you Pen once and no you, you really call me Pen me. more than once I have never called you, you Pen Pen no you you have you know what happened to me this week I was down at the one of a kind show mm. I don't know if you've ever been but it's got lots of great artisans and crafts and stuff and there's a woman there who has a really lovely line of beauty products and I saw her last year and she was very kind and she had recognized me from some TV stuff and so I saw her this this time around and she's like oh it's nice to see you again I've got this new hand cream I, I want to give it to you I want you to try it and let me know what you think and I was also wearing a media pass mm. um, and it had my name on it and then I took the hand cream. I was like, thank you so much. This is really nice of you. It was nice to see you. And she said, well, thank She said, oh, no problem. Nice to see you, Adele. Which sounds nothing like my name. And then I still took the hand cream. I took Adele's hand cream. Oh. I'm a terrible person. I took, anyway, it smells really nice. It smells like vanilla. Adele doesn't smell so good now, does she? <laughs> no. Adele showed up later and was like, what? My hand cream is gone. <laughs> Someone else already took it. Uh, but I've never been called Adele. So I'll add that to the list. Uh, Vinny White is coming up next. Thanks for tuning in tonight. PayChen.com. And I'll see you all next week.